Welcome to the C3 Church podcast. Here at church, we are passionate about people and helping them in their walk with God. We hope this Sunday message speaks to you today. Well, welcome to Colchester. Great to have you with us. Barry St. Edmunds, those of you that are online, those of you that are watching from prison, truly, your success is our honor and we're glad to be together today. It's taken me a lot longer than it should have done to get to the place where I am in my life, particularly in relation to preaching, teaching, speaking, call it what you will, to realize this. What I'm doing right now is not about me. It's totally about you. It is totally about you. I would like you to come up at the end and pat me on the back and say, well done. I don't want you to not like me. But that's not the point of me speaking. It's for you. The problem we've had in many places of the church is celebrity pastors has meant that we've celebrated their gift rather than the reason for which they were given, which was for the church, for you. Listen to this, Ephesians 4, 8. When he ascended on high, speaking to Jesus, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Christ gave apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists to equip his people for works of service. It's not about my gift. It's about you. It's all about you. We'll sing that at the end. So today, what I'm going to share, I just want you to know it's so that you might flourish and thrive in life, which is why we often say people really matter. That's one of our statements, and we believe it. It's true. Now, don't use that as a blunt instrument when we get it wrong, and I forget your name, or we don't include you like we should have done, and we make mistakes because we're human, and we do, but we still believe it. People really matter. And you've heard me say, if you've been around a while, if you haven't, particularly on the subject I'm going to speak on today, it's because we want something for you, not from you. And so today I'm going to talk, preach a message that is really personal. It might be one of the most personal and vulnerable messages I've ever given. I'm going to tell you what me and my wife do in relation to giving of our money. I'm not going to give you amounts. I'm just going to, and this is what I've titled today, is on the screen behind me. I'm just going to tell you why I give. Now, I've made it very personal, but believe me, my wife does the same. We do it together, but it fits better for what I'm about to say. And honestly, oh, it makes me feel I get prickly heat nervousness when I say it, I'm honestly saying when I say this to you, if you will do the same, you'll be blessed. I'm not asking you to do anything that we don't do or that I don't do. And I honestly, I'm I'm blessed. I'm blessed more than I ever thought I would be blessed in every area of my life. I'm grateful to God, but I know you will benefit. So I've just entitled it, Why I Give. You with me? Online? Thank you. Oh, they were amazing, those ones there. 
here we go. I'm going to read you a quote first from Paul Reed. I borrowed some material from Paul. I remembered he'd done a similar message, so I've used his, his material, and I said, I'll credit you, Paul, I'll credit you, to which he said, no, don't bother, but I am bothering. And so he stimulated my thinking on this. And his first statement was this, money and possessions are likely to be, he says, the major competitor with Jesus for the lordship of our lives. And that is so true. If there is one sin that dominates our society, it's the pursuit of stuff, of things. They've become our God. And so we have a choice to make. And I'm going to use a lot of scriptures today, which are all in your version notes. But we have a choice to make. Will we serve God or money? That's why Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Jesus knew what a competitive nature it would be in relation to money and serving God. The truth is our giving to God is not financial, it's spiritual. We want to keep control. But will we give control to Jesus? Remember this as well as I go through and I talk about what I give. It's not money that is evil. It's the love of money. It's the misuse and preoccupation with money that condemns us. Having it is not sin. There is a website which I, I went to again this week, which is called howrichami.org. Just make a note of it. Howrichami.org. You can put in your, your income, your global income for your household or individually. You can put in the number of dependents you have. And I worked this out. I put in lots of different figures of different people that I knew, and I guess salaries. The reality is, in this room... We are probably in the top 5%. Some of you are in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. You don't look like you believe me. Oh, yes, you are. If you earn 25,000 pounds and have no dependents, you're in the top 3.2%. If you earn 100,000 pounds with two dependents, you're in the richest 1% of the global population. You're blessed. You're blessed. I'm blessed. And we are blessed in order to be a blessing. So here we go. I've got seven reasons because seven is the perfect number in the Bible. And some of them are very quick, all right? Don't, don't, don't look so worried. Number one, I give. Why I give? Because I like myself better when I give. How shallow is that? Jesus made this statement, didn't he? It's recorded for us by, it's only recorded in one place in the Bible by Luke in the book of Acts. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'll be honest with you, I have never met a miserable, generous person. I've met some really unhappy, rich people. But I've never, and these these are people in poverty, real poverty, but they're generous with it, and I've never found one of them to be miserable. They're happy, because the word blessed means happy. 
So take Jesus' words, you'll be happy, you'll be more happy when you give than when you receive. There is nothing more exciting and fulfilling than giving. And I'm talking about money, but it's the same in other areas of life. When you give without any expectation of getting back, it's fulfilling. I feel good about myself. It's not all about feeling good, I know. As my youth pastor once told me when I went to a service that was a bit like this one, and I'd never experienced it before, and I went back the next day, and I told him, it felt so good. And he said to me, you're not meant to feel good, lad. (laughs) Well, I think you are. I think he feels good now, that guy right now, because he's in heaven. Maybe it took all his life to get there. But nevertheless... There's nothing more exciting than being the answer to someone else's prayer. This week, Angie and I were involved in a funeral. Funeral of a lady called Melody. Some of you will remember me telling the story of Melody. We met Melody 20 plus years ago. We had a young family. We were at McDonald's, don't judge me. And our kids were there messing about and we knocked over a cup of tea. And this lady came up and helped us and mopped up all the tea. We said, oh, we're so sorry. She said, oh, no problem. She could hardly speak English, to be honest. She, she just said, oh, no, no, no. And she came and bought us another cup of tea, which we then knocked over again. <laughs> and she came again, and we thanked her. And so we invited her to church, and she came to church, came to C3. We went in here, and she joined a home group. She made a decision for Jesus. Her daughter came along. One of the members of the church, she reminded me when I met her a few months ago, had helped her in a court case because she'd been knocked off her bike and someone in the city tried to take money from her saying she'd caused it. And she said, do you remember who that was who helped me? And I remembered. But we hadn't seen her. That was 20 years ago and we hadn't seen her for maybe 19 of those. And then one day she appeared here in the coffee shop. And she looked at me and she said, do you remember me? And I didn't. We're talking 19 years. I look a little bit different. I had hair. My hair was a different color. She looked a bit different. She had a scarf covering her face. And she said, I'm Melody. We met at McDonald's. And she said, you were one of the kindest per- 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 persons, people, you and your wife, to me in the whole of the time I've been in Cambridge. She said, and I'm dying. I've got cancer. And she's estranged from her daughter. I won't go into all the detail, but this is what happened we started to give some time to Melody. My wife was better than me. She gave more time. She ended up in Arthur Rank down the road. Those of you that work in Arthur Rank, you are amazing. You are amazing. And the, look, the cancer, that it was, it was horrible on her face. She had it in her throat, in her face. We took her to pick up her phone in the, in the city. This is taking too long, this story. Uh, and when we were in the car with her, she sang in the back, Madam Butterfly. She had a beautiful voice. She'd learned in English. She sang Amazing Grace. And I sang her a little song from my childhood, which was making melody in my heart, making melody in my heart, making melody in my heart unto the King of she died. Not then. Not while I was singing. <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. 
<laughs> I'm just trying to get to the end of the story. <laughs> but I remember her saying, she used to say to my wife, pray for me, pray for me from your heart. And she once said, you are an answer to my prayers. We gave to her. I feel good for having given. Because that's what we're meant to do. Number two. Not only does it make me feel good, it's the same point really, it benefits me. Listen to this, Luke chapter 16, verse 11. If you have not been trustworthy in handling money, who will trust you with true riches? These are the words of Jesus. If we don't handle money right, true riches won't come to us. Now, I've written in my notes a whole explanation of what true riches are, but I'm not going to say that. Because in small groups this week called C3 Groups, one of the questions is, what do you think true riches are? All we know is it's not money. True riches isn't money. There's something else we're going to get that is not money. But that true riches we get is related somehow to how we use money. So if I use it right, it's going to benefit me. See, we don't believe here in the prosperity gospel. We don't believe in name it and claim it. We don't believe that. But nevertheless, we do believe God prospers. And I have prospered. And I have given, but God has given back to me. I didn't give for that reason, but it's a Lord of life. Whatever you sow, so shall you reap. When the Bible talks about giving, it shall be given unto you. It's not talking about money. The context is forgiveness. It's saying if you forgive, so you will receive forgiveness. But the it can be anything. Give and it shall be given unto you. If you smile at someone, look, you get it back again. Well, not all of you, but most of you smiled. You give time, you get time. You give faithfulness, you get faithfulness. Give it. And whatever it is, it'll be given back to you. Press down, shaken together. Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says this, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits, everyone say first fruits, of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Notice it's not haphazard, it's first fruits. My wife's been trying to grow some fruit in our garden. We have a raspberry brush. It hasn't done very well this year, <laughs> let's be honest. But a few weeks ago, she shouted from the garden, there's a raspberry on the bush. And I, I said, just one? She said, yeah, just one. I said, bring it in. And I said, that belongs to the Lord. Because <laughs> we've got to bring the first fruits in. So we put it pride of place on the windowsill in our kitchen. A couple of days later, I came in the kitchen and I said, where's the, fir where, where's the, where's the raspberry? She said, I ate it. <laughs> so you know what I said to her? This is a kind of loving husband. You've robbed God. <laughs> that belonged to the Lord. I don't know what we were supposed to do with it. Put it in the offering. She said, we're all supposed to do it. Put it in the offering. Well, maybe not. 
But it's not haphazard giving that pleases God. I, don't, I benefit from being the first fruits, the cream off the top. Please don't tip God. Oh, I've got a couple of pounds left. I'll give you a tip. At the end of the week, it's number one. Listen to this verse. We could spend the whole of our time on this one. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He says, now about the collection for the Lord's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. This, this line now is radical. On the first day of the week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. Just those three words. The first day of the week. This is resurrection economics. Because that phrase, that very phrase in the Greek, the first day, is the phrase that's used when the disciples or when Mary is using the different gospels, goes into the tomb and it's on the first day. It's the same phrase. So as soon as they hear first day, they're thinking, oh, resurrection. So he's saying to them, we, we're, we're not like the, in the old covenant. This is our most important day, the first day of the week. On the first day, resurrection day, every one of you, each one, all of us, this church was made up of rich and poor. And he doesn't say, like they normally did in that society, you rich patrons, because they had patrons who would sponsor things. And often the patrons would have people walk in front of them who would be shouting, they've given so I can eat. They've given so I've got a house because they wanted the glory to go to the patron. We're giving you this and we're giving you that because you've given to me. Thank you. And he says, no, 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 no. That's not the way to do it. Each one of you. What? Rich and poor? Working and middle and upper? Yeah. Because in this resurrection community, first day of the week, people, we're all in. We're all in. We need everyone. Yeah. Hear me? We need everyone. Do not think your little doesn't make a difference. Because in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it. Some of you, you've been guests far too long here at C3. And we love guests. You're welcome. But you stayed too long as a guest. It's time to be part of hosting. And that involves giving of your time and your treasure and your talents. We had a couple around for dinner the other night. So Gourney and Jordan, hope you're having a good holiday. We got ready before my wife cut the dinner. I cleaned the house. Put strategic books in different places so we look really religious. <laughs> and um, I thought they'd like that one. Though. I'm going to put that one there. Uh, so they came around for dinner. At the end, they're just about to go. I didn't say to them, well, thanks for being guests. Here's your bill. I didn't charge them. We hosted them. And some of you, you might not come back again after this, you just take and take and take, but it's time to host. It's time to host. It's time for you to give. Because you're part of us. You're part of the family. And the family gives. Give and it shall be given unto you. You will be enriched in every way, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11, so that you will be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Number three. We're going to go quicker now, don't worry. 
it benefits others. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 12. The service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also in many expressions of thanks to God. You know how God normally provides for people? Through people. That's just a normal way. Now, he doesn't supply through people so that you then have to be beholden to that person. If you give, can I just say, take your hands off it. If I give, I've never once given thinking, oh, I'm going to give and this is paying for that, that, and that, and that. I'm, th- I'm just thinking, I'm just giving it in worship to God. I'm giving it to the Lord. I'm taking my hands off it. Now, it happens to be I'm involved in the leadership, so I, I trust where it's going. I, I trust myself and I trust those around me. But it, the main way people's needs are met is by other people giving. But remember, they're able to give because God supplied it to them. That's why God supplied it to them. Money doesn't make the world go round. Money's meant to go round and round and round. It's cyclical. Philippians 4 verse 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. I don't know whether this is going to happen, but I like to imagine it would. Maybe when we get to heaven, and heaven somehow seems closer these days than it used to. Maybe some people will come up and say, you know, you're giving. I came to a service, gave my life to Jesus Christ because of your giving. Wow, really? So your giving can affect people for eternity. I give because I know people are being benefited. Maybe for eternity. Number four, I give because Jesus tells me to. This is really important to me. Matthew 23, 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of law, justice, mercy, of, of law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. People say to me, Jesus didn't teach on tithing. Yeah, he did. He didn't say a lot. He just said, oh, make sure you don't stop being just and merciful and righteous and gracious. Practice that. It's no good tithing without doing all of that. But, but, but don't practice the former without the latter. In other words, do both. Both. It's not either or. It's both. I surrendered my life to Christ. And I want to please him. I want him to be pleased. I want to hear his commendation in this life. Tithing, again, a whole subject on its own. I've looked again at tithing, read around a little bit, listened to some things, and it's taught very legalistically. I can't see anywhere where there's a punishment attached to not tithing. But I can see that there's a blessing that is attached to tithing. And it's important to, so I don't want anyone to give. I don't want to give out of fear and because I've got to. Everyone's making me. If you're in a church where they're making you give, leave it. It's your voluntary decision. Honestly, and I'm saying that because I'm finding more and more abusive churches around than I ever knew existed. And please God, guard us and keep us. So as we do not go there, it's a voluntary. It's your choice. And you won't be punished if you don't. 
but you'll be blessed if you do. Remember where we started? I want you blessed. And I give. And I've been blessed. I believe everyone who is working and has an income should tithe to the local church. I believe if you all tithed with me and my wife, we'd be not struggling for finances. We'd be, we'd be okay. We'd be, we're not struggling for finances. That's, that would be wrong for me to say that. I didn't mean to imply that. But I honestly believe we'd have much more which we could use. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. This is the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. Those that don't work should give what they can. And sometimes it's complicated. I know if you're in a non-Christian relationship, marriage, the husband or the wife doesn't want it, you've got to be careful and all of that. So we wouldn't, again, we, it's your choice. Do it in openness and discussion. I've had those discussions with many of you over the years. And of course, what we do is, we t on everything we give, we gift aid. Why wouldn't you? 25p on every pound that you give from the government comes back, so you must. I give because Jesus, he doesn't teach on gift aid, but he does say bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. <laughs> if it had been around, I really believe he would have done. Number five, this is important for me. I believe in the vision of this church. I believe him. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world with all our foibles. I believe that we're called to reach and shape a generation with the message and cause of Christ. I believe with all of my heart that we should live up to our name, C3, number one C, Christ-centered. It's all about him. I believe we should be cause-driven. We should be making disciples of all people. I believe we should be community-focused, that we are a community that will reach the community. I am not here for the money. I'm here to fulfill a vision. Are you all in the vision? Are you all in the vision? Number six, I want to set an example to my children, to you. See, my parents set an example to me. My dad, when I, my earliest memory was my dad used to get paid in cash. He, he used to work for Vandenberg and Jurgens, one of the Unilever companies. So this is the, the kind of late 60s, early 70s. He'd be paid in cash in those days. And he used to bring a brown envelope home. And when he came home with his little brown envelope on the table in the kitchen, they had little pots that they gave to different things and one of them was the missionary box. It was a paper mache box. And in that paper mache box, they put, and I remember them saying, here's our tithe, and here's what we give to the leprosy mission, and here's what we give to the blind society, and here's what we give to Sazra, and here's what we give to, and they divided their money into the mission, all in cash. And then every week, the co-op man, I remember this is what I know beyond, but the, the, the co-op man who was a guy who took money off them for insurance, for the house and for stuff. He'd knock on the door. He was a nice man. I can't remember his name. And my mum and dad would pay him something. I don't know what it was. I wasn't interested. But they'd get the cash out of the missionary box. And then my dad would write a note. I owe you three shillings and sixpence. 40p. 
And when they got cash again, they put it right back in because they didn't want to rob God. And that was in my mind from the age of five or six. If I could show you our giving on my HSBC app, you will find this. I'm looking it up now. Hope you can't see it. And it's from our joint bank account, so it's, it's both of us. And on the 1st of September, our tithe went out. Don't zoom in. Because <laughs> I don't want to leave you haphazard. We get paid, I got paid on the 31st of August. I'm not going to leave this to chance. This is what I do. 1st of September, it's gone. Tithe. Because it's not haphazard. I want to set an example. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. And then finally this. Someday, and I always cry in the first service, not the second, because I've got my tears out. Someday, I want to hear the commendation from Jesus. The one I love. Well done, Steve. Come and receive your reward. I like you giving me the pat on the back, remember? Helps me. But you don't need to. I want to hear him. If you think it's not going to be part of what I've done with my money, you're not reading your Bible right. I think it's at that point I'm really going to get my true riches. I think, oh, should I tell you what I think true riches are? No, I'm not going to tell you because I'll just discuss it. But maybe part of it's going to be ruling over cities. People. He said, come and receive your reward. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Don't live just for this life. Keep an eye on eternity. I'm looking out at this congregation. Forgive me for those of you online. And I'm just looking at some people down here. Val Burroughs, I hope you don't mind me mentioning, but David Burroughs and you, two of the most generous people, every vision offering, every month tithing I've ever known. I think David's enjoying some of his reward right now. Some true riches. Sitting next to Judy. Judy and Roger. So faithful. Faithfulness is way underrated. Charismatic gifts are way overrated because they built the house over the long term. Sometimes that was cleaning my office where I used to find Roger. And sometimes it was giving of their offering consistently. Imagine Roger and David already receiving part of their reward. Why do you give? Copy me. Copy me. Come on, do exactly the same as I do. And you'll be blessed. Because I'm blessed. So how can you say that? Imitate me as I imitate Christ, is what the Apostle Paul said. And I'm, I'll be honest, 
some areas of my life I don't want you to imitate me in. My gym attendance. My chocolate consumption. Do not imitate me. My shortness sometimes of temper. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot better than I used to. Really a lot better, but I, I can do better. Don't, don't imitate me. But do this one. And you will be blessed. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know whether I would do this, and I'm over time. But I'm going to tell you what we give. It's not going to be amounts, it's going to be percentages. And if I lose my reward because I've done this, so don't think I will or I wouldn't do it, then there's the risk I take. So I want you to do the same. Because if, if you do what we do, we'd have so much more to be able to reach more people with the gospel. First of the month, we give 10% of our income. Let, let, let's just say it, it isn't this, okay? It might be more, it might be less. But for easy maths, because I need easy maths, let's just say that's a thousand pound a month. My tithe of our income. That's, what, that's on a standing order because I don't want to forget it, I want to prioritize it. Then on the 20th of each month, we decided, why did we come up with this figure? I don't know. So it's not in the Bible. We decided we used to double tithe and we couldn't sustain that. So we reduced it. And we give 30% of our monthly figure to a vision offering into our vision fund here at C3. That primarily pays for buildings. I know it does. We have paid off in the last six and a half years on this building a million pounds of our two and a half pound, two and a half million uh, loan, mortgage. Now, with buying Berry, we're taking another million in order to buy that, which takes it back to two and a half million, but spreading it over 20 years. So we're back to 20 years. But we don't want to use all of that. We want to take offerings over this next year and raise at least another 500,000 pounds that we can pay off part of that mortgage in the year ahead but we know it goes to that and, and, and I, I said before about trust I trust implicitly myself in how I use my money the leadership team with us and the trustees who help us decide in communication I trust the team that's around us I commend them to you we have great trustees we have a great leadership team so we give 30% of that. And then twice a year to our vision, by uh, annual vision fund, we give at least 10% of our annual tithe. That's just what we do. I'd commend it to you. I'm not commanding you, I'd just, I'd commend it. Think about it, pray, what should you get? I've put on your seats today this here, this is not for uh, to give in. This is for you to look at and say, what, what's my giving? What's my tithe? What's my monthly vision offering? We'll be saying more about this in the weeks to come. What's my biannual vision offering? What's my faith goal? Can we give like Steve and Angie? Should we give more, less? We would love, we, we were giving away 22% of our income at one point because we were double tithing. And then on top of that, see, we give to 
world vision and compassion and Isaiah 61 and different things when monthly and when we feel led. But in order to meet our costs, we had to reduce that. We give now about 16%. This is what I give of our income aware. I'd like to get back further. Some of you can do that because you're here to be a blessing. You're prospered so as you can bless us. What do you give? Why do you give? In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Close our eyes. Bow our heads. Lord, money is not evil. We want to use it for your kingdom. But we don't want to love it. So help us to keep our hands off what belongs to you and to find a wisdom to use everything you give us for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I really do want to challenge those of you that have been guests for too long as well. Come on, come on. We need you as part of the family. Let's do it together. Let's stand and then musicians will lead us in a song. Thank you for listening to the C3 Podcast. This message has spoken to you today in some way. We would love to know. Reach out to us at hello at the C3.uk. And if you want to extend the reach of what we do here, why not consider giving by going to the C3.uk forward slash giving. And as always, subscribe to our channel and share this episode with a friend. We hope to see you soon. Thank you.